podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Coogan Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn, you get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. Hello, and this is Johnny Escott for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I am with the voice of Australian boxing, Mr. Ben Damon. Ben, how are you? Johnny, I'm good. Uh, great to be chatting to you. Uh, really exciting time in Australian boxing. We had a big announcement today. So, um, yeah, keen to have a, a chat through all of that and everything else going on. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. This is obviously the first time we spoke and I'm sure we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to cover a lot. So, yeah, let's start with that. Today's big announcement for big prospect shows uh, over the next couple of months. Just talk us through those. Yeah, so we've got um, four fight nights across the course of five weeks uh, on Australian television, which we announced today. So um, interesting start to the year for Australian boxing because we were meant to have that huge fight with Tim Zhu against Jamel Charlo in January in Las Vegas. But uh, over here, we woke up on, on Christmas Day, as it was, and, and found out that Charlo had broken his hand. So everything, the entire schedule just got thrown out the window, really, because that was the starting point. Then we were meant to move into everything else. So through the first half of the year, we've had some good shows. We've had um, a bunch of Australians in world title fights, Tim Zhu in interim world title fights, and and also, um, of course, Liam Wilson fighting for a world title overseas and, and other bits and pieces that have occurred. But it really uh, has been a, a funny start to the year with some decent shows. And now we've announced the schedule for the next little bit. So across those five weeks, we've, we've got these four shows. Um, three of them will be on uh, Fox Sports, so um, not pay-per-view. And then the last of them will be a pay-per-view event um, with Nikita Zhu, Tim Zhu's brother, and Liam Wilson as well, who fought for that world title recently as the headline acts, not fighting against each other, but a doubleheader event. So um, a really busy schedule. Um, I'll be calling all of those fights and hosting a bunch of coverage around them and the, the uh, press conferences and weigh-ins and, and all the bits and pieces. So uh, it's going to be seriously busy. Yeah, you mentioned, obviously, Nikita there. There's also Liam Wilson and, and the Olympian Paolo Acuso on those shows. How much, how good is this platform for them to get their name out there, as not just in Australia, but obviously globally as well? Yeah, well, hopefully these are shows that do resonate internationally. I know there's always interest in the zoo name when they fight um, in Australia overseas. Um, people like Liam Wilson, I think he's established himself particularly in the United States, and Paulo Acuso as well. He had the opportunity in his most recent fight, which was a really good one um, as well against Uriokas Gonzalez. Um, he, he did a he did a great job, um, Unieski Gonzalez rather, um, in that fight and won, and that was on Showtime in the US. And I know there was a fair bit of interest in in all of the things that he did. So, um, yeah, we'd like to see these uh, shows picked up for people to watch internationally, but certainly uh, they'll have the opportunity to find them in in some way, shape or form. You mentioned Paulo Acuso, um, and, yeah, he's a really exciting prospect. He's only had the four professional fights. This will be the first time that he headlines a card, and he'll be doing so on Wednesday night of next week, the first of these four shows. So good to see him uh, back in action after the good things that he's been doing in recent times. And um, we've got the likes of uh, Isaac Hardman, who um, scored the knockout of the year in Australian boxing last year against Bo Hartas. 
I don't know if you saw that, but it was um, a brutal knockout, which uh, would have been in the conversation for global knockout of the year as well. It was something else. And and he's back at middleweight after having a loss going up against Rowan Murdoch at super middleweight uh, on a recent show. So uh, it will be interesting to see how he goes. And we're yet to announce the opponents for Nikita Zhu and, and Liam Wilson um, on that pay-per-view event on August 23. But also, um, in a couple of shows' time, July 26, it'll be an all-female event, the first time that that's happened on television in Australia. Uh, so a bit of history to be made there. Um, the headline act there is a, a cross-code star, Taylor Harris. She's big in Aussie rules football um, and has been a, a really uh, outspoken and compelling uh, character in her time in that sport. But she's also found her way into the world rankings in boxing. So she's someone who's sort of managed to pull crowds from uh, from both sides of the sporting fence. And it'll be good to see her headlining a card and fighting for an Australian title. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a busy little run with some, some good names and some exciting fights. You briefly mentioned Paolo Acuso there. Obviously, in England, in the UK, we've got a pretty outspoken light heavyweight called Mr. Ben Whitaker. Is that a fight you can see in the future? Because obviously, two big personalities, two big personalities, two very, very, very talented boxers. Do you think that can happen? Well, I spoke to Paulo about that exact fight uh, a few days ago. We did a podcast, the main event boxing podcast. Uh, that episode will be coming out in a couple of days' time. And um, I just sort of talked to him about the light heavyweight division and uh, how flashy he wants to be because that's what he wants to do as a boxer. He wants to show off and and show all of his skills and um, really break all the rules. And I know that Ben Whitaker wants to do the same thing. They've been chatting. Uh, they've been messaging each other and they've been saying that at some stage that fight has to happen because I think they really appreciate what each of them are doing, which is very different to a lot of the others in that division. And it's a stacked division, obviously, Dimitri Bivol, Arta Betebiev are, are right at the very top, but stylistically very different to these guys, uh, less flashy than these guys. And um, yeah, to be a great fight it'd be um brilliant to watch it'd be a great fight to call so yeah hopefully they both keep winning and uh that is a, a fight that is called for at some point yeah so we'll move on to the more established fighters now the likes of tim Zhu, obviously george cambosos uh, the maloney twins and more more recognizable names to uk fans such as ebony bridges and sky nicholson what effect are those fighters having on australian boxing at the moment yeah, some great names that you mentioned there. Um, of course, Ebony Bridges, uh, a world champion. Uh, she's doing fantastic things over in the UK. She was a, a star on the rise in Australia, but really she's gone to another stratosphere over there in the UK. So we're really proud of, of everything that she's been able to do, her fighting style, her attitude to the sport and uh, all the bits and pieces that follow her. So, yeah, she's doing a, a really great job for female boxing and boxing in general. Um, as I mentioned, we've got this all-female event coming up know that uh, Ebony would be proud of of that and, and her part in establishing uh, the sport as it is. And, and Sky Nicholson, uh, based over there in the UK uh, primarily, but fighting all around the world. Uh, she's, she's fought uh, everywhere in her uh, reasonably young career and she's done such a great job and um, she's got such a, a tricky and interesting style as well. I think there's huge things on the horizon for her. Um, through the rest of them, um, yeah, some really good names. The Maloney Twins... Well, Jason, of course, uh, he's a world champion now. He he uh, he had to work hard for it, but he is now a world champion. His brother was was badly knocked out in his most recent fight, but he's done some great things in recent times. George Cambosis, a big fight coming up. Um, he had uh, he had a bunch of belts. He took on Devin Haney, um, a man that probably no one should be going near. He's he's a a, a very, very talented fighter, but he did that, and uh, of course, he's trying to work his way back up now with that fight against Maxi Hughes. 
Um, and Tim Zhu, he's undoubtedly the star of Australian boxing at the moment. He's got an interim version of the world title. Uh, he was meant to be fighting for all of the belts in January. Uh, that fight didn't happen, but thankfully, Tim did not sit around. He had two more fights against Tony Harrison and Carlos Acampo, and I think he put the world on notice with those fights, particularly the United States. Um, they didn't think that he would beat Tony Harrison. Uh, he demolished him, really, uh, after absorbing some jabs from Harrison. He was able to come back and show his brutality and his power. And, and then most recently against Carlos Acampo, he was just in a different mood. He was attacked by a dog a few weeks out, but um, it didn't impact him at all. It was almost like he had somewhere else to be. Um, and he did, really. He went fishing after the fight because it was a daytime fight here in Australia. But um, he just took out Carlos Acampo. And I think he um, he's ready for anyone. And it's such a shame that... That Charlo fight obviously won't be happening now, um, but we know one thing for sure that Tim will be active. He'll be continuing to not sit around. He'll be trying to lead the tone and um, sort of take himself towards whatever big fight presents itself next because that's his attitude. That's what's got him this far. And, um, yeah, you can't really overestimate what a big star he has become here in Australia. He um, His events, um, they're not fight nights. They are really events now. Everyone watches... Um, there's a great buzz at the uh, fights and, and also, I'm, I'm told, in venues watching. Um, so he's become a, a real star across um, uh, all of sport in Australia and, he, and he's doing a really good job flying the flag. He was obviously touted to fight Jamel Charlo, whilst Canelo was touted to fight Jamal Charlo. But it actually yeah. turned out that Canelo is now fighting Jamel and Jamel's moving up two weight divisions to take him on. How how has that gone down in Australia with that fight falling through? And it, it does feel like Tim's been waiting for that fight for a good two, three years now. Yeah, we've been building that fight really to the Australian audience uh, between Zoo and, and Charlo for, for a long, long time. Uh, that's the fight that he's wanted. Charlo, of course, accrued all of the belts. Uh, he got the final piece in the puzzle uh, last year. He's had injuries and, um, yeah, you're right. Canelo was meant to fight Jamal, Um but when we woke up in the morning a couple of weeks ago on a weekend, um, I checked my phone and had too many messages and, and calls, uh, particularly internationally, for anything good to have happened. And uh, when I saw the artwork, I, I thought that they'd made a mistake. Uh, through bleary eyes, I thought, Canelo against Jamil. No, they've got the wrong brother here. But uh, as it turned out, it had all um, fallen apart overnight. You can completely understand what Jamel's doing. It's a, a big money fight. I'm sure he's getting a lot more... Uh, to fight against Canelo Alvarez than what he would have got uh, for what would have been a very, very risky fight against Tim Zhu. Um, but for us here in Australia, it's been disappointing. Um, but uh, No Limit have been on the front foot. They're trying to organise things, uh, trying to get themselves in the best possible position. And I know that Tim um, went straight to training the next day. He's taken himself on a training camp to Thailand now. Um, he's not going to wait around. He just wants to stay busy. He's going to be active. And while the Australian sporting public um, took it as a bit of a kick in the guts, uh, I'm sure they're going to like the fact that Tim will be uh, back in the ring probably sooner than what he would have been if he was fighting against Charlo. Um, and maybe he'll be in, in the ring a couple of times before the end of the year. So um, it's not the ideal situation. It's not for all of the belts. But ideally, um, there's some good news out of the WBO in particular uh, to come shortly and potentially the other sanctioning bodies. And then we know where things stand and um, plans can be made for Tim Zhu's next fight because people want to see him back in action. There has been some talk as well. I've seen it more on the rugby league side, rugby league side of Australia, that there could be at the start of 2024 to kick off 
the National Rugby League season, a double header with Tim Zhu fighting and then a couple of NRL games. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how big would that be? Yeah, it's being talked about. I know the plans are being made, uh, particularly on the NRL side. They're trying to figure out exactly how that is all going to work. Um, back-to-back NRL games in Las Vegas. It sounds like a pretty dangerous concept, um, but they're going to go ahead with it by all accounts, uh, just trying to put everything together at the moment. And then to tack on a, a major boxing event, potentially involving Tim Zhu, um, if the scheduling were to work out, yeah, it would it'd be enormous. Uh, you can only imagine... Uh, how many trips there would be from Australians going overseas and the sort of revenue it could generate. Uh, I know a lot of it is to do with the uh, betting income of of the um, American betting company. So I'm sure that the uh, people at the NRL are, are really investigating all the potentials there and trying to find themselves in the best possible position. But um, it could be enormous for not only um, Australian sport, but for Australia as well to, to show some of these products to that international audience in front of the, the big gaming audience there in uh, in Las Vegas. So I'm sure there's a, a lot of avenues that um, the right people could could use to, to make a lot of money for Australia and to really fly the flag um, as best they can. So I, I know conversations are ongoing, but um, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see something like that happen because uh, Australians, particularly Australians within boxing, uh, are amb- pretty ambitious um, and they'll try and do things... Um, that will surprise, and um, yeah, this is another of those. Rugby league's the second most popular sport in Australia at the moment, and in this world of, at the moment, there's this influence of boxing, YouTuber boxing. Whereas rugby league players now boxing seems to be kind of like Australia's answer to that. With like, so obviously Paul Gallen beat Lucas Brown, who's a former world champion. What sort of impact do you think that is having on Australian boxing? Do you think it's making it better? Do you think it, there's some sort of stigma around it now? There's always been that crossover in Australian boxing between rugby league players and Aussie rules players coming into the sport or doing both. Um, The man to have done it best is obviously Anthony Mundine, who established himself as a rugby league player, um, was at the top of his game when he decided to switch to boxing full-time. So he did go full-time and didn't dabble while he was playing footy as well. He just switched to boxing. It was, um, you know, the biggest possible story at the time. There's been plenty of others who've dabbled. There's been a few who've crossed over. Um, there's a lot of people who don't like uh, the idea of it. People think that the rugby league players have their own lane um, and they should stay there and they're taking money, as these people see it, that Australian boxing should have. But really, um, the audience commands this. So when people do step over, such as Paul Gallen, who did such a great job uh, in doing so, fighting for Australian titles, and as you mentioned, uh, beating Lucas Brown in the first round of their fight, a former heavyweight champion of the world, um, there's a lot of interest. There's a great deal of interest. Um, Paul Gallen did some really good numbers. Uh, he drove a lot of um, eyeballs towards the sport and he had the right attitude as well. And on his undercards, a number of the fighters that we're discussing came through. Amongst those, Tim Zhu. He, uh, before he became a pay-per-view star in his own right, he was fighting on Paul Gallen's undercards. So if it's done in that way and it's, uh, it's used to promote the sport and the young boxers within it, I see absolutely nothing wrong with it. And moreover, if people are going to pay for it and people are going to watch it, then it's going to happen. So the the search is always on for the next crossover star within Australian sport. We mentioned Taylor Harris 
Um, she's won. Uh, she's uh, sort of made her camp in, in both sports. And there's always a, a look around as to who might be the next rugby league player who can step across and, and truly cross over and, and not only have those one-off events, but to establish themselves as a, a proper boxer. Yeah, domestically, Australian boxing is obviously flying at the moment. And I think now the Americans, certainly with, with Tim Zhu, they're starting to take note. But it's still probably not getting the credit it deserves on a, on a more global global stand from a more global standpoint. With obviously, it's not yet massive in the UK. It's not really that big in Europe. What do you think it's going to take for it to start getting that credibility across the world? Yeah, well, I think that's probably a fair point. Um, for a long time, Australian boxers would travel overseas and go in as big underdogs and largely be beaten. So I think it's about Australians being able to fight internationally as well as domestically and win those big fights. And in recent times, they have um, none more so and more impressively than Jaya Pattaya winning uh, the IBF Cruiserweight Championship of the World against Myris Bratis. Um, he did that in Australia. It looks like he will probably end up fighting in the UK in, uh, in his next fight. Uh, against Richie Riakpour, if he were to win a fight like that and other Australians like Tim Zhu were to fight internationally uh, against your Charlos and, and other big names and, and start to win those fights, I think any stigma that people have around Australian boxing would have to fade away. Um, there's plenty of individuals doing really good things, but the consistency is what um, sort of earns respect. And I think there's enough good names now in what is truly the golden era in Australian boxing to have that start to happen. Not only big shows here where Australians uh, win against domestic opponents, but bringing big names out and, and beating them and then travelling internationally as well and, and winning big fights. So, yeah, I think we're on the cusp of something pretty special and we've seen the start of it, but uh, there's plenty more to come, I'm sure. Jai Opataya there, he's probably, at the moment, I think he's ranked number one cruiserweight on the planet now. Um, obviously, in the UK, we've got some big cruiserweights. Chris Billum-Smith, obviously, he just beat Lawrence Okoli. Lawrence himself, we've got the likes of Jordan Thompson coming through. I know Jack Massey's still hovering around. Who do you think would be the best opponent for Opataya to, to maybe boost his name in the UK? Well, I think the hardest opponent for him is Riakpul, but that's the way that it looks like it's going to head because they are headed towards purse bids. Um, it looks like Chris Billum smith will fight against um, Matus Mastanak. Um, so the way it's going to work out is um, Jaya Pattaya on his first defence of his world title that he won over a year ago now um, will be taking on what looks the hardest fight outside of himself in the division. Um, that appears to be the way that things are, are going to play out for Opatire. He's happy with that. Um, ideally, he'd be fighting at home. It'd be trickier, of course, to go to the UK and, and fight against uh, Richie Riakpour, but um, he's someone who just wants to get back in. I saw him uh, the other day at the Tim Zoo Carlos Acampo show, and um, yeah, he's pretty desperate to get back in the ring. It's been a long time, and if you recall that incredible fight against Myris Bradis, he broke his jaw on both sides. Um, it was dangling from his face. I was calling the fight, and in the final round, it just seemed um, incredible that not only he was still standing and still fighting, but he was going towards his opponent, a big puncher and a brute in Bradis. It was one of the bravest things that I've ever seen in boxing or in sport. And um, for him to have gone through not only the recovery, but then all of the politics around him with uh, promotional issues and, and other bits and pieces and to be stuck out of the ring for all this time, he, he's just someone who wants to get in there and prove himself because I know he doesn't want to be in the sport forever, um, but he's at the 
very top of his game at the moment. His jaw is fully healed and he is the best cruiserweight in the world. So I think there are other much easier fights for him, but uh, no doubt he'll be more than happy to to go in there with Richie Rackball. And to finish off, if there was one prospect you could tell British, American, world fight fans to keep an eye out for, who's had less than 10 fights, who would that be? Well, there's so many, um, and we've mentioned a bunch of them. Paulo Cuso is the obvious one. Nikita Zhu, um, they're only fresh into their professional boxing careers, and, and I think we need to keep an eye on Akuso in particular. Um, he wants to fight Artur Bedebiev now. Um, he's that keen to to drive himself forward and to, to get into these big fights, and he's only had four so far. Nikita Zhu, he's developed uh, such a big name for himself um, and so much interest and hype around him. Um, someone who's now fighting under the matchroom banner is Justice Hooney, our heavyweight boxer. Um, he was meant to head to the Olympics and win that elusive gold medal. It wasn't able to happen. Uh, unfortunately, he busted his hand when he fought against Paul Gallen, uh, the rugby league star who, who came over to boxing. Um, he's got to be right up there in that conversation as the most exciting, uh, who's relatively fresh in his career. But he's just had all these injuries, unfortunately. So the international audience hasn't had a great opportunity to to see exactly what he is about. But I'm sure they'll see soon enough. And I think that Justice Hooney um, could be could be really, really special. Um, there's a bunch of others. Ella Boot is a, a female boxer who's only had a handful of fights, but she'll be a world champion one day, and we'll see her on that uh, all-female card coming up shortly. So, yeah, that's a that's a bunch of them. But, gee, it's an exciting time in Australian boxing. We've talked about all of these uh, guys, and we still haven't mentioned Sam Goodman, who had that big win on the Tim Zoo undercard against Carlos Acampo. Um, he's destined to fight for a world title at some stage, and and plenty of others as well. It's um, yeah, it's a real golden era in Australian boxing. So we're very excited here, and hopefully the world does start to take notice because there's some good fight nights happening here and some really good products coming out of this country now. Yeah, most definitely, and I think like you said, it's it's definitely one to watch Australian boxing. I think it's really starting to take off now. I do think it's only a matter of time until it does start to get the credit it deserves from the UK and obviously like it's starting to get from from the US but Ben it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you I'm sure we'll catch up soon and hopefully Tim has a fighting out soon so we'll definitely be in touch then um, to obviously look over that but yeah absolute pleasure to speak to you Ben thank you very much for that Thanks so much, Johnny. Yeah, we're hoping that uh, there'll be an announcement on Tim Zoo in the next few weeks. They don't want to wait around. Uh, they want to get him back out there. But first and foremost, we're waiting on a bit of news out of the WBO and and then we'll move from there. But um, regardless, it's going to be busy. Uh, four fight nights across the next five weeks and and plenty more to come after that. So, um, yeah, anytime. Always happy to chat about Australian and global boxing. Uh, it's an exciting time and it's a great sport. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ben. Cheers. Thanks Thank so much. Take care. Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Coogan Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn... You get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up. Sports Social Podcast Network.